0: Do you have fully vacant units on your property that you have mothballed until next semester? If you do, I bet you've thought to yourself, we should list those on Airbnb for game day weekends or for parents visiting their kids. Maybe you're in a college town like Austin or Raleigh or Tallahassee, and your city has large festivals and not enough hotel rooms. You know you could lease those units on a nightly or a weekly basis. Providing short-term rentals on platforms like Airbnb can provide a great source of ancillary income, but it takes some, uh, all right, excuse me, it takes a lot of organization. There's the additional setup of providing linens and coffee makers and all the little things that a short-term tenant will expect. Then there's the regulatory and tax issues that could require additional work. More importantly, there's the time and labor to market on all the multiple platforms, handle the reservations and cancellations, the cleaning, and then there's the bookkeeping. All of this turns into a big distraction from the main job at hand, which is operating and leasing your property. That's where Vector Travel comes in. These guys know the short-term rental industry and they know how to relieve all of those burdens from the property manager. And best of all, they've become experts in how to do that with student properties. They understand the complexity of mixing travelers with college students. They know it so well, they can quickly identify if a student property is not going to be a good fit for their program. So if you have vacant units, reach out to Vector Travel and have them do a free, no obligation assessment to determine if enrolling your vacant units in their program will be beneficial. Go to vectorstays.com forward slash SHI Fill out a quick form to receive more information. You will also get the first month service fee waived by going to that specific landing page. Again, that's vectorstays.com forward slash SHI. Welcome to Student Housing Insight, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and it's June, which means it's Prod Month, which means I'll be completely honest, I am, uh, I'm I'm going to be completely vulnerable as well. Prod Month is a month that I, I have a lot of anxiety, um, especially the past three years, and I want to be vulnerable about that because... I think there's a lot of folks in the student housing industry that probably feel the same way that I do. And to help me through this conversation are two people that I have uh, spent a good part of my career around and have the utmost appreciation for. And that is Adam Yarber with Campus Advantage. He's the director of the resident experience at Campus Advantage, and then also Billy Page Peterson, who is portfolio a portfolio manager with Varsity Campus. Guys, thanks for being my co-host today on this very important topic. Yeah, happy
1: to be here.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, and 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 Adam, I forget you're you're technically one of our co-hosts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've helped us out on on a lot of. Um, conversations over the past couple of years. But yeah, so a couple of things have happened in the past two months uh, as it relates to our industry. Uh, You were part, Adam, you were part of a uh, gender inclusion discussion um, that Student Housing Business had back in April, I believe it was you were doing that alongside mm-hmm. with, with star res and then last month on shop talk. And for anybody that doesn't know what shop talk is, it's a monthly webinar that you need to be registered for. You can go to ShopTalk.info to get more information on that. But we had a 15 minute segment that I'm going to use in this podcast episode because uh, I think it's important for everybody. And that's gender inclusion specifically during the roommate matching process. And you know, I'll go ahead and kind of, you know, give you because it's it's kind of a sterile conversation because it's it's really told from the standpoint of you know owner operator risk because we are currently, I believe there's seven states that have either passed or it's you know on their agenda to have gender identity uh, as a protected class and so where that ends up kind of causing some implications specifically for student housing is the application process because, uh, you know, many of the background checks and everything include gender. And that's, that's why, you know, there's that question on, on a lot of applications and a lot of these companies are coming back and saying, we've got to, you know, we're, we've got to start Xing this out of our application process, but that comes, that makes it really difficult with the roommate matching process because, you know, we we don't nec- necessarily need to know it, but the roommates, you know, are certainly in a position where they want to understand someone's identity. And, you know, the basic takeaway from it, I'll let everybody know now, but it's still important that you you listen to it, be it bringing in someone third party like a Room Sync or My College Roomie or Star Res, there's a process that they've created there, and you need to trust that process, mm-hmm. and and really kind of get that off of your staff's shoulders in, in a lot of ways. And then we've also got kind of five key takeaways, and, and we'll also put the the link to that document. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for for everybody. But what I wanted to spend this intro discussing specifically with you guys because. Uh, you guys are part of the lgbtq ia plus thank you for educating me on the on the ia because i wasn't the, the, the alphabet soup is is turning into <laughs> to a lot we need to start rearranging it so that it actually spells something i think <laughs> but um but both of you are part of of, of the community and billy uh, you know you you are a trans woman and uh, you've got a lot of experiences that even though when you were in college, it was much different. And I'll tell everybody, you know, you were a a CA for a company that I was working with um, when you were in college. So I've got to experience Billy Page like probably nobody else ever has. And and part of that has, has, you know, been, been this transition and, you know, you, you've been very gracious to me as I've, you know, continued misgendering (laughs) you because of, uh, you know, I've known you through this, this whole process and it's been, it's been a process for me and we kind of just, you know, fall into, into habits and adam you know you're you're a gay man and you've got um uh you've got a wonderful husband and you know you've you've kind of let me into uh, you know the experiences that that you've had and i think it's so important that our audience knows about it because um, and for you guys to share it with the audience, because I think you guys are really making an impact with the students that we're serving. So I've said a lot. I want to now turn it over <laughs> to to you guys and kind of just ask that question of, uh, you know, for those that are out there that, you know, want to be vulnerable like myself and and just get a better understanding of things uh,
1: what what's what's kind of the most important? I think for for me and, and the people that I hang out with or run around with, it's um, it's less about being perfect every time or being right every time and, and getting everything you know all understanding every al- letter of the alphabet and why it means what it means. It's just the effort is is really just is putting forth the effort to to learn and and grow in your knowledge. Um, You know, I was looking at um, an ad today and I was just reminded that it wasn't until 2015. So it's only been six, seven years, five, you know, that people like me have been allowed to be married, you know, and I say allowed, you know, um, (laughs) it was in 1969 that that people like me and people like Billy were treated as second class citizens, you know, and it's not that far not that far ago, you know, not that long ago in our history, and so for us, it's it's about or for me again, it's about just the effort that we're putting into it and just learning and and, and understanding things because things change. I mean, you you were just telling us a story about a flag and not understanding all the things, and we we weren't even aware of it, you know, <laughs> and so so things things changed constantly. I think. Like you mentioned, you know, you said that the students that were serving, and I had read a statistic that said one in one in five L, uh, Gen Z persons identify as LGBTQIA. But Billy sent a link uh, from Newsweek that was about a year ago that said nearly 40% of Gen Z persons identify in this population. And so for the people that were serving, this is. Their life. This is this is their day to day. They, if they are not a part of the community, they know someone a part of the community and accept them for the most part. Um, or and it's a part of their everyday lives, and so I think this is coming whether we like it or not. And so it's up uh, up to us as operators to create an environment where people can be who they are.
2: Yeah, I absolutely want to echo what Adam said. You know, you can tell when questions come from a place of genuinity versus Mm -hmm. when it's really meant condescending. And I'm going to throw a little bit of shade to the letter group. I mean, for so long, we've kind of been on the defensive end. And I think Mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, forced people to maybe just sit and be quiet and not ask the questions that, you know, society kind of said were taboo and kudos to Gen Z because they've taken that and said, we don't have to ask questions. Mm-hmm. We just like you. And so I feel like we have to get to a place where everybody's comfortable asking questions. Um, and Wes, I, I, you know, I hate to use you as an example, but in the beginning, you were very shy towards asking questions. But you recognize the trends that the industry and, and Gen Z in general were making and you and I have kind of had this dialogue where we're asking those questions. And I think we have to get to that standpoint with all of society. And it does really that the issue does seem to stem with our older population that kind of drives the direction that student housing goes in.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think. It, that statistic that you uh, the, that you guys were or the statistics that you guys were throwing back and forth, 20% versus 40%. You know, I, I think there's I have a lot of opinions on that. I know most people probably probably do. And I, those opinions are not necessarily what I want to, you know, focus on or, or, or even discuss. It's, it's more so of you know, we you know, uh, Certainly as operators and, and housing providers, we've got to treat everybody the same. Everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, going through fair housing training and and you know, they get that. I think the biggest challenge, you know, or for those that wanna have, you know, those managers who, you know, want to be able to educate themselves a little bit more so that they can be understanding and sympathetic to the needs and be able to communicate on a level that, uh, you know, if they don't identify with the, with, you know, as part of the community, they may not, they may not know. And, and so, uh, you know, I'll put the question out to you guys, you know, are there, are there some resources out there that you guys would, would recommend for, for those managers who, you know, want to gain a deeper understanding?
2: Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's two things I really want to say here. The first is, do we have any Lady Gaga fans? Because her Born <laughs> Display Way Foundation really did what I consider one of the most entertaining and basic entry, we'll call it, programs, and that's the Be There Certificate. That is something that when somebody comes to me, and it, it happens a lot, they say, I don't understand the letters or I don't understand how to approach this and it, it does a good job of really kind of covering the basics. The second I'll say is you know this is a question that is kind of contingent on the company you work for. The companies that are investing in diversity and inclusion they're creating a culture that these GMs know that they can approach you and ask these sort of things and spread it out to their team members and so if you're instilling that resource awesome. I get no less than a handful of questions every day. How would you approach this? At the same time, I also get them from other companies who don't have a a diverse workforce necessarily in place to be able to answer those. And so the GMs that are dealing with these students know, Hey, I need to get help with this and whether or not that resources in your company, it's hit or miss right now.
1: Yeah. I I, I would say too, Google is your best friend <laughs> and anything, you know, anything you want, uh, Google is there for you. I uh, I had the opportunity to go see Alyssa Edwards, who is a drag queen. She Yeah, she performed here in Austin a couple of nights ago and she referred to Google a lot, talking about us older folks <laughs> who didn't grow up with Google in our pockets. But um, for those of us who are questioning, I think you just ask Google that question and then, you know, learning as much as you can. I, there's a resource that I would totally recommend and something we're actually doing at Campus Advantage. It's called the Safe Zone Project. It's just SaveStoneProject.org.com. .com, Safezoneproject.com. And it is a wealth of resources. These are free. Uh, they're, they're, they're no cost. You can download um, a facilitator's guide. You don't have to be certified to be a facilitator. You can read through the material. It's very easy to understand the reason you don't have to be to pay for it or to be certified is because they want it to be in as many hands as possible and so we are taking this and actually with our dei committee and adapting it to canvas advantage and we're going to kind of certify each of our properties as a place of inclusivity Um, obviously in this in this industry we do not use the word safe (laughs) for anything (laughs) so uh, we're not going to call them safe zones but each of our communities are going to be trained in this information and uh, and creating a, a, a inclusive environment and then they will also have you know decal or stickers they can put up in their area or we're even exploring things like on their name tags where they can display that they've been through this training so that they can create a good atmosphere for the people around them and i think sometimes it's the smallest things like asking someone do you mind sharing your pronouns or um, displaying your pronouns on your email signature or on your name tag or things like that and and all those small things really add up to go a long way to to make people feel included. Gotcha, Billy. Any any other any other resources?
2: I, I will say that there, Adam, you hit the nail on the head. You can find anything you want on Google, and <laughs> DIY isn't expensive. Most of your resources for this sort of topic are free, and. Uh, I can't think of a single paid one that's any better than just, you know, asking, Mm -hmm, looking. At the end of the day, the answers are out there and there are people that are willing to talk. You just have to want to know and have to know that it's okay to ask those questions. And, you know, I've worked with different companies where DEI was taboo. We didn't discuss it. And I've been with others like Varsity and Cardinal where, you know, it's built into everything we do. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I think we have to make it take away the taboo and ask questions. And it's not expensive to do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. There's some great resources on LinkedIn. Of course, you know, everybody knows if if you know me, I'm a, I'm a LinkedIn fanatic. So that would be that that's helped me. Uh, hopefully, that you know if that's something that um, uh, that you come across. Maybe that'll help you as well. I, also, you know the folks over at Pivotal Companies. Shout out to to Monica Morgan and and Donna Davidson over there. Uh, they went. Uh, several of them went through a process with a curriculum that I believe South Florida University put out. You know, in a I think it was a complete virtual curriculum and I know Erica White talks a lot about it. I apologize. I didn't look it up before this recording, but I will look it up before (laughs) we post this and include that, that link as well. Any other, Adam, this is probably a good question for you thinking about local resources, you know, when it comes to the university that your property is serving, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, of good resources there. Is there anything that, you know, specifically that you would suggest to, to managers who may want to make that connection with their university.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause I was actually going to add that is the, the local university is a wealth of <laughs> knowledge and information. I, some of them, I think for the most part, um, I think, billion, you know, I know a couple that <laughs> wouldn't be <laughs> um, start with your Dean of students office and just ask them if they have an LGBTQIA resource center. Um, they probably will. Um, and that would be where I would start because that not only offers resources for you and your team, but that builds the connection between your community and the university, which is so critical. And especially as you're approaching the university and saying, we are serving your students. We want to learn more about them. So how we can serve them better. That is like it's like music to that, that Dean of students ear, you know, like where they're, they, they, they know someone who wants to help their students. And so start there. Um, local P flag chapters as well, as well. P flag stands for parents and friends of lesbians and gays. Uh, I think that's, Right, exactly. Um, but that that's adults as well. And so if you're, you know, maybe if you're an older manager, um, and you don't have, you know, younger children, or maybe you don't have someone you know, who's a part of the community, uh, a local flag chapter would be a great place to get involved and kind of be able to ask questions, because those are people who've kind of gone through this with some a family or loved one who are um, willing to offer support and to help and things like that. So I think that you know, starting those two places is, is a great place to start, and they will probably have more resources than we could ever we could shake a stick at, really. And yeah, I want to yeah.
2: touch on that because we have an opportunity. We know that Gen Z is you know very supportive, so we can mm-hmm. take those groups. Which yes, I, I've never met a university group that was not like, "Yes, let's talk." You can make resident events out of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Bring this group to your property. It's well known that the LGBTQIA group is one of the most underrepresented in the higher academia world. And so this is an opportunity to have an event with your residents for free, to educate your teams, like you said, to build that relationship with the university. And let's face it, introduce yourself to a new resident base who maybe doesn't feel comfortable applying to Mm -hmm. your community Maybe it's the pronoun question. Maybe it's the roommate area, but I will tell you this, if they're seeing your community and that you're involved with it, mm-hmm. you're going to be on the top of their list.
0: Gotcha. Well, guys, I I, I appreciate so much. You guys um, stepping in and, and helping me co-host this. I want to get to the segment from, from shop talk and share that. Uh, I'll also Adam, I think I mentioned earlier. We'll put the we'll put the link for the conversation you had with Star Res on um, Student Housing Businesses platform. Uh, it was a great webinar that you guys did. Um, we'll put a link to that as well. It's still out there for consumption, and I would encourage everybody to not just look at look and listen to both of those yourself as a manager, but share it with your with your mm-hmm. team as well. And additionally, if because I know there's folks in our audience that probably have specific questions, I think you guys won't mind. But do you mind if I put your emails in the in the show notes so that people can reach out to you guys? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Have at it. Friend me on Facebook, too. I don't care as long as you don't mind seeing some argumentative content
1: at times. I don't don't have Facebook, but feel free to add me on LinkedIn because you don't want to be on my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, and and I'm glad you guys brought up social media because it gives me a great chance to plug in our new app. And that is uh, the SHI Connect app. It's all student housing. It's built specifically for student housing professionals and a place for us to network. And we do have a DEI group, um, and and we also have DEI contributors each month. Billy Page, you're one of ours for this month, and looking forward to um, uh, you know to what you've got to to say, and and looking forward to those posts and and what you're sharing. But yeah, thanks so much for. You know, not only, like I said, being gracious and, and a resource, uh, but just for you know who you are. Uh, I think you guys are are fantastic and have impacted our industry in a in an awesome way. So, thank you so much for that. And with that being said, we'll go ahead and cut to the session from Shop Talk.
2: Thanks so much, Wes.
0: Thanks for having us. I want to thank NMHC for this segment that we're about to do because it was Matthew and Dave Borsos that came to us uh, as we were. It was earlier this spring, and said, look, you know, we've got a huge focus on DEI, and one of the things that we've kind of you know spotlighted or flagged for um, for student housing is the topic of gender inclusion, specifically in the roommate matching process. And um, uh, Jen Cassidy and, and Jennifer Hill at PEAK as well were kind of big uh, proponents of that. I believe they also serve on the DEI um, committee for, for NMHC. And so uh, we met probably a couple months ago and kind of started with you know this subject and how we were going to to tackle it in a 15, 20-minute <laughs> segment. Um, I will let you know we are going to do, uh, Student Housing Insight is going to do a more in-depth webinar later on in the, in the summer to, to help with that so we will add more content as it comes to to this topic but hey i want to go ahead and talk about this panel and, and let them kind of introduce themselves i'm going to start with kim kelly at acc and kim you've got um you've got a, a partner there that you want to introduce as well i believe Kim, you he can't hear you <laughs>
3: all
0: right Maybe. So while Kimmy's working on that, let's, uh, Rob, can we hear your audio? Yeah, can you hear me? Absolutely. So, hey, do, do you, Should I introduce what, uh, Kimmy? Maybe, yeah, I think <laughs> that, that's probably what we need to do. But yeah, so Kimmy um, is, is at ACC, and she was very instrumental in, in partnering with, with herself at RoomSync to um, give their residents uh, an option uh, when it came to, to self-selection the remake process so once you walk us through that really quick yeah
3: sorry you wanted me to
0: yeah yeah and, and okay. yeah you can introduce kimmy if you want to <laughs> yeah sure
3: uh so kimmy is svp of leasing and marketing i believe hope i'm not butchering your title there uh yeah kimmy and i met at an interesting time i think in everyone's lives which was in the middle of the pandemic i think it was may of 2020 that we connected uh, at that point acc was looking for a solution for matching. i know it's something that they had looked at uh, for a while, generally speaking, looking at how they were going to upgrade their process. We ended up working very well together, everything aligned, and we rolled out in the middle of the pandemic, I think, in June of 2020. Uh, and then the, the rest is kind of history. Um, we, we now work with 140 of the ACC properties across the country
0: great yeah i've followed you since the the room bug days if everybody knows that facebook app um you're embarrassing me (laughs) you're in gainesville it's fantastic it's fantastic um watching you grow this company and and everything else so kimmy are we having any luck with your audio or should i go on to julie all right great julie with asset management i want you to introduce yourself really quick along with um with your partner on the roommate matching topic
4: Sure. Uh, good afternoon. Can you hear me?
1: Can hear you fine? Oh,
0: good. I'm
4: Julie Bonham, Principal and Chief Operating Officer for Asset Living. You know, we've had, struggled many, many years trying to find the right partner. And the, probably about four or five months ago, we l- linked up and connected with Jay Sinise with uh, College Rumi, who we are beta testing several of our assets this year, hopefully to go 100% next year. So, Jay, I'm going to turn it over to you.
5: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Julie. Uh, So hi, everybody. My name is Jay Sensi of of My College Rumi. Uh, We've been in the roommate matching space since about 2015. Uh, Started our focus in the on campus space and then uh, started to expand both uh, on campus and and off campus and are very excited about our our partnership with ASSET and our our pilot and um, seems to be going really well so far.
0: Well, fantastic. And next, we've got Jamie Torkelson, with Peak Made Real Estate. Jamie, um, Peak has had a little bit of a a different um, venture with this and and you guys are are kind of providing the solution yourself. Really quick, tell us a little bit about about what you guys are doing.
6: Sure, Um, Peak does not have a third-party roommate um, partner like the um, other two panelists here. We are uh, still doing that ourselves. It's not totally manual. We're able to utilize the features available through um, Entrada, our property management system, and um, our internal resources to, you know, come up with our roommate questions and our matching processes, um, which have evolved in the last year. We're really excited about the new opportunities we have for our residents to self-select their genders and expand their um, housing options to be more gender inclusive instead of just limited, you know, based on the binary gender like it had been in the past.
0: Fantastic. Um, Rob and Jay, you guys are are living and breathing this roommate matching stuff all year long. Um, How has the topic of gender inclusion impacted your platforms over the years?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll start. I'll say that we have definitely built our tools in mind with customization, right? Because every client approaches this, this topic differently. If you build it just one way and expect the industry to adopt it in that one way, they're not going to. There are always these exceptions. And uh, in the last year, we have built, a completely rebuilt, I should say, our gender tool, uh, which which allows our clients to customize whether they even call it gender, maybe gender identity or something else. And we also introduced personal pronouns. Uh, this is specifically in in... Um, result of this changing environment and this evolving conversation around gender inclusion.
5: Pretty similar from from our standpoint as as what Rob mentioned, Wes. Um, When we first built our product back in 2015, we did a ton of market research and talked to folks that we were eventually going to try to sell it to um, and learned a lot about gender inclusivity at that moment. And so we were really gender inclusive from the start. Uh, being able to offer different options for configuration, knowing that some clients would stay on kind of the binary scale for a period of time, and then other clients, uh, either geographically uh, where they're situated, situated or um, you know how their policies and procedures are, were a little bit more progressive. Um, and as Rob alluded to, configuration is is probably the most important piece.
0: Gotcha. All right. Uh, let's go to Kimmy really quick. Have we got audio, Kimmy? Test, test. There we go. Hey, fantastic. Sorry about so that, you didn't get man. to introduce yourself earlier, and, and I think Rob messed your title up. So
2: <laughs> really
7: did. quick, he
0: introduce did. yourself.
2: He
7: did great. I'm Kimmy Kelly. I'm the Senior Vice President of Leasing and Marketing at American Campus, and we get the pleasure of partnering with Rob at RoomSync.
0: All right. Fantastic. So I've got a question for the operators, Kimmy, yourself, Julie, uh, and... Jamie's. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about um, well, first of all, obviously we want to push as much of that roommate matching process onto the applicant, onto the residents as possible. We don't want to be involved in that for a lot of different reasons. But I know that managers are still, you know, they're getting a lot of questions and, and this gender inclusion topic is, is becoming, you know, uh, more and more of, of something that, that folks are bringing to those managers. Uh, how are you guys guiding and training your managers to approach those conversations? And Kimmy, we'll start with you.
7: Sure. We focus first on what you said first, which is really guiding our, our students to the app first. We do a lot of work. Um, in marketing and promoting that and encouraging them to go you know, take the reins themselves, have those conversations, meet people that they feel most comfortable with and most connected with. So we spend a lot of time doing that marketing first and really getting them to buy in and adopt the system. Of course, you're always gonna get the questions, like you said, and it's really making sure our managers, our professional staff, and our CAs, because they're you know definitely the front line, understand the process, understand the questions, and that they know to direct people back to the app too, to find people that are the best match for them. Um, obviously, you have to do plenty of training. So we we have recorded trainings that they can watch at any time for a refresher. We do required training each year. And then we have our support team here at the corporate office as well that they can call and talk through any challenging situations that may come up too. And a lot of people do reach out to Room Sync directly. You directly. Know, it's very easy for them inside the app to hit the the you know support buttons and so Rob does get a lot of those questions him and his team and we work together on some of those answers too.
0: There really is a, a collaboration with uh, uh, between between both of you guys. You, you haven't just turned it over to Rob and at the same time Rob just hasn't turned it over to you guys either. It, it's true collaboration, right?
4: Correct. Has to be.
0: Gotcha, Julie.
4: Uh, Very similar to what Kimmy just indicated. I mean, we really, on the properties that do have, uh, are using College Roomie, um, we really try to push the residents through the app process and try to sort it out. But we have, and we're probably a little bit late to the game in forming it, but we are in the process of forming a DEI committee, you know, made of diverse employees to help maybe field some of the questions that come their way, just not only on the roommate, Matching process, but other topics that in, in involve uh, gender inclusion. So we're hoping to roll something like that out very soon. I, I know that we are we, we have the required trainings. You know, we are working with Grace Hill about maybe fine tuning some of the sensitivity training tracks that we offer our employees. Uh, but I, I think it's a twofold process. It's really working through the app. And then the support that our training our training department and this committee that we're in the process of forming to help guide you know some of these questions will help us navigate the questions that are being fielded by our site level employees.
0: Gotcha, Jamie. You guys are the ones with the with the homebrew solution here, and uh, I'm, I'm really interested in, in how you answer this question. You know, when it comes to that training and guidance, goes um, it, it's. You know, it's all you guys.
6: Yeah, it is. Um, we're really lucky to have amazing internal resources through our um, DEI uh, council and also our internal sales and training teams. Um, everyone has really stepped up to taking ownership of learning about who our customers are and what they need for their housing. And, you know, this younger generation that we're all serving, this is so just sort of common sense and commonplace for them to have expanded gender options. Um, and I've just been super pleased to see our teams take on that same attitude. Um, it's just been exciting to see that like step forward. Um, we do expect, you know, as with anything, when you're dealing with customers, there may be some negativity, some complaints once we have move-ins in the fall. Um, this will be our first school year going into with the, Added gender options um, for roommates. So we're still a little bit in the test phase, but thankfully we haven't had any negative um, fallout from that yet. We're um, really just expecting it to go smoothly. We could get a bad apple. You know, we still get unpleasant questions about other types of people that don't want to live with other types of people and are prepared to handle this the same way. Um, So I think that our teams are prepared and we do have our council to help give them any support um, if they do have any of those sort of customer service issues that arise.
1: Great,
0: great. So, you know, I asked the team to put together, you know, kind of a a top tips for um, uh, I said the team, but this panel um, for gender inclusion in the roommate matching process. And I'll I'll share that here. Um, I'll also push it out. To the, uh, to the file section. so you, if you want to download it and share it with your team, you've got that ability as well. but the first bullet point um, is to consult your fair housing attorney. Uh, Robin Jay, I'll, I'll direct this question to you guys but if you know if the, if the other panelists want to chime in feel free. Some states have expanded beyond the federal fair housing and, and you know are including gender, ident- gender gender identity. In their, in a, as a protected class uh, within their states, are there certain states that you would recommend making sure there's a a local council reviewing these roommate matching protocols?
5: I mean, I can think of one right off the top of my head. Wes is Oregon. So Oregon and uh, properties there, uh, at least with our uh, my college roommate platform. Uh, needed to make sure that they had certain gender identity options available for students to choose from uh, based on state legislature
3: yeah we've also seen clients operating in oregon handle the gender settings a little bit differently and i'm not a lawyer i don't play one on the internet so definitely consult with your attorney
0: gotcha all right so oregon definitely get local counsel Got it. So next bullet point, uh, partner with the self-selection service like Room Sync and My College Roomy. I think that's self-explanatory. Uh, train, train, train. Uh, we've, we've covered that. The next one is talk, don't type. So Kimmy, you recommended this one. Can you expand on that a little bit?
7: Sure, I'd love to. So this is mine, and this is one of the things we focus on during training with our staff. This is a very sensitive and impassioned topic. And it can, be, it can make you nervous when you get a question. And so what I really encourage our staff to do is, one, let's have our professional staff handle the difficult situations. If we're just talking about how to sign up for the app or what questions there are, how does matching work, anybody can answer those. But if you're dealing with a difficult situation that maybe gets a little deeper into gender identity and matching, pick up the phone and have a conversation with that person. The last thing you want is something to be misconstrued or misinterpreted via an email. You know, we all do it. We're all guilty of reading tone into text. So pick up the phone and have that conversation. And again, you have support staff, you have our DNI community here to, excuse me, that was a mouthful as well. And so get those talking points from them, your fair housing attorney, whatever the case, and have a conversation. It tends to be a, a a lot more comfortable for both parties when you're talking as opposed to typing.
0: Gotcha. Um, And real quick, just wanna remind everybody, there is a poll that I put out um, over in the sidebar. If you guys wanna um, fill that out, I'll I'll tell you what the results are here in just a second. Um, So yeah, let's, let's go on to the next bullet point, which is track availability carefully. Rob and Jay, I'm gonna go back to you guys on this because you guys integrate with, you know, basically any of the management systems, you know, to, to kind of help automate or give additional insight into availability, correct? Correct, yep. Does that, does that seem to, to to help that process or and maybe some of the operators can, can chime in on that. Is there is there um, anything that you're doing to kind of automate that Keeping the managers apprised of what the availability uh, is, so that that doesn't sneak up and become an issue.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go first. From my perspective, it certainly is a trade off. You introduce a self selection tool, which is great for residents; they appreciate that. But the balance on that is that you have to track your availability carefully, so there's no free lunch. I know after our first year with with ACC in 2021, we reconvened and we figured how can we improve the system to make it more streamlined? And one of the results was a a tool directly addressing this question of availability, really as a, a limiter inside of our app to control the number of groups that can form so that you don't get 80 different groups. Maybe they're partial groups or full groups, let's say in a four bedroom, you have groups of two, groups of three, groups of four. But the point is that if you only have 50 front doors and you have 80 groups, there is a high probability that you're going to have to have some of those uncomfortable conversations that can mentioned where they think they have their great roommate and they actually don't. So it definitely is important to have some guardrails. Uh, we do integrate with Entrada. We integrate with Salesforce and having that insight certainly does help. But it's not it's again, going back, this is not just outsource it to your roommate matching software Uh, service. It's a communication and it's working and it's training to make sure that your staff knows and actually logs into these admin sites and is tracking how availability is looking.
0: Gotcha. So in the interest of time, I'm going to kind of combine these next two points. And by the way, on our poll, it looks like 88% are doing it themselves or using their their property management system and 11% are using a third-party solution. So that's what that's what the poll said. Well, I think we've got another poll question I'll launch here in a second, but let's put these last, or not the last two, but um, uh, two of these last three together. Give residents as many options as you can to express themselves, uh, gender, gender identity, personal pronouns, etc. And then also allow residents to modify their names you guys expand on that a little bit and what that's uh, and I'm, I'm very interested on the, on the name part, you know, does that cause any issues with, with integrations on the management systems? Yeah, Um, I'll I'll jump in on this one, Wes. Um, So, you know, Rob's system
5: and my system are, are pretty similar in the fact that they're social environments and they're, they're intended to be social environments where residents and students can make what we hope are very meaningful connections. And so when you're going to provide them with a social media-esque type system, it's important that you give them multiple avenues to properly express who they are. Um, If they're gonna put themselves out there and uh, hope to make good connections with folks from a friendship and uh, a roommate standpoint, uh, it's important that you give them the space to be themselves. You know, when it comes to the names, One thing that we've encountered over the last couple of years is uh, particularly with students that have undergone name changes um, or are just identifying under different names. um, It can be a little bit of a touchy topic if you're importing from a system that's only tracking their legal name uh, that they would consider to be a dead name uh, if they were identifying under, under a different name. And so some of the ways that we've countered that, is with different mapping mechanisms from something like an entrada, where we can take a preferred name and and use that when available, Um, or even within our own tool itself is give them opportunities to display a preferred name if and when that might differ from a legal name.
0: Gotcha. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? All right, let's go to this last question. Less focus on questions, more on conversations. Rob, I think you added that bullet point. Anything you want to expand on?
3: Yeah, I would say three or four out of every 10 conversations I have about RoomSync, it starts with, oh, this is like a match.com where you ask a bunch of questions and you spit out roommates. And I always have to say, no, 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 that's not really what we do. We do ask questions. We do give percentage compatibility scores, much like MCR. Um, but that's meant to be the start of the conversation. That's not meant to be the end of the conversation. I know in, in Trata with the BUA, they do a rough approximation with the lifestyle questions that are entered in. That's fine. But I think the the real magic comes in if you can create a social environment where people can have some initial information to make an informed decision on if this first pass, this person could be an interesting roommate, and then have those chat conversations, go onto their social media, understand a little bit more about them, but really have those conversations as the, the ultimate place that we're trying to get them. It's not asking 50 or 100 lifestyle questions and spitting out perfect roommates
0: gotcha well guys we're at the top of the hour and you know this is this has been some great information I think it's um, uh, hopefully with the the bullet point that we put together um, if, if you're not including the gender inclusion discussion in your roommate matching process uh, with your teams um, you, you definitely want to do that and hopefully that that bullet point will help you guys start that discussion um, again we're going to be working on putting together a, a more in-depth uh, the webinar on gender inclusion in the remate matching process. So make sure that you look out for that. We'll make sure that everybody on shop talk will get a, um, uh, will get a notification of when that's going to be again, guys, thanks so much um, for, for taking out the time uh, uh, to uh, share what your companies are doing. And I appreciate you, you working together over these past few weeks of, of helping us put this together. Right. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank
4: you.